This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's up, Wildcatter Nation? Now, it's not every day that we have an EMP reach out to us with a recommendation of a company to have on the show, but that's exactly what happened this last week. Endeavor Energy Resources out of Midland reached out and said they've been more than impressed with USI Technologies, which is headed up by Duke Lamb. So Duke came in and explained to us how there's a ton of type curve analytics out there, but not many that combine the physics component to it to improve the accuracy in those instances where you might not have six plus months of production data to generate those type curves. So it was a really good conversation. It was really cool to see what Duke and his team are uh, working on and how they're approaching that problem. But before we get into the show, this week's episode is brought to you by Wolfpack Software. Now, 2020 has not been kind to us. Weaker demand has led to weaker prices. No EMPs or midstream companies are exempt. No matter how big or small your operation is, the only way to survive 2020 and stay competitive is to automate as much of your business as you can. Wolfpack Software can provide you with the tools to simplify and streamline many of your back office processes. This includes financial reporting, accounting functions, production management, document management, and a ton more. This could enable you to essentially do a lot more with a lot less. It'll help you avoid costly mistakes, speed up your decision-making process, provide some visibility, and even help you stay in compliance. And all this is wrapped up into a single, easy-to-use platform. If you're interested in joining the thousands of Wolfpack customers who have modernized their operations, just click the link in the show notes below or check them out at wolfpack.com, which is actually kind of spelled weird. So just to clarify, it's spelled W-O-L-F-E-P-A-K.com. What's going on, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. We've got Duke. I, I, I messed it up I, originally <laughs> on our first call. I said duck. I totally, I totally butchered it. So Duke land <laughs> with USI Technologies. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Well, very, very good to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks Actually, for coming on. I thought this was a cool way that we got introduced. Uh, one of your long-term clients, uh, I think it was Endeavor Energy Resources, uh, somebody over there reached out and was just like, hey, you need to guy, have the guys over at uh, USI Technologies on the podcast. He was like, they've been a huge help to us. We love their technology. And so I thought that was a really, really cool review from somebody who's actually using it. And we, we haven't really gotten that a whole lot. And so if, so if you're using certain technologies and we've never had them and had their founders on the show, please reach out because I thought that was a really, really cool way. Yeah, I think that has to be the first time. Usually, you know, yeah. <laughs> startups and technology companies, they're like, hey, can we come on your podcast? Because, you know, they want some free marketing and exposure. I yeah. think this may be the first time we actually had a client uh, reach out and make the introduction. Yeah, so, so that was super awesome. Yeah, so it's yeah, good. Thank you. It's, it's good to it's have you honor. here. Yeah. yeah, so what what does USI technology do? Yeah, so um, our software and services provide oil and gas operator physics-based type curve with the speed of the analytics and the accuracy of reservoir simulation. So we actually have an integrated technology where we combine the best of both worlds. So, so okay, so um, with the te- so you're mashing up the physics side with the type curve side. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. What does that actually mean? You know, someone that's not a reservoir engineer, yeah, you know, like myself, what does that actually like mean? Like we're five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so um, I, I've been in the, in the industry for more than a, a decade. And I, I think every reservoir engineer out there uh, where they actually hit the five-year mark or, or, or above, I, I think somewhat we, uh, as, as me as an individual, I develop that bug all over time. 
and and at 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 some point in in my career, I I say that okay, it is time to do it. Um, so, um, in 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 the world that we live in right now, there are re- really two 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 different distinctive world. One is the data analytics side, where they are really good at uh, data interpolation and speed, but um, they are actually lacking a little bit of extrapolation capability, where the simulation were actually really good at that uh, front, but the, the speed cannot catch up, but they can provide a lot of accuracy. So I, I, I thought combining the best, the best of both were probably going to, to add a lot of value to the market. So are you guys a replacement to some of the legacy technologies, such as like an Aries or a PhD win for developing type curves? Uh, we are not replacing them. So um, we actually provide, I, I, I would say our, our client who successfully apply our, um, our workflow or technology last year for year, their UN reserve, they actually use our, our tool as the, the first round of generating type curve before they put it into Aries. Mm. So it is an overlaying type curve. So we, we generate type curve based on physics, based on full-field CMG simulations, and then we put it uh, in, into areas for economic analysis. So does the physics component make it more accurate? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is your background? You said that you spent over 10 years in, in the industry. Are you an engineer by trade? Yes, I'm a reservoir engineer. I, uh, I worked for Apache and Hess in the past, uh, seven years for Apache and uh, and three years for Hess. Yeah, we've had a lot of startup founders come yes. on here that came from Hess. Dude, yes. Hess, uh, Hess, Hess is yeah. like a breeding ground for innovation <laughs> with engineers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Hess is a, an amazing company where you actually can learn a lot of technical uh, knowledge there. So yeah. So wow. when you when you you know where did you go to school? Let's talk about the 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 genesis of you. You know how you got started in the industry. And then, you know, what areas you worked in at Apache and Hess. And then uh, we'll kind of talk about how you started seeing this problem with type curve simulation and decided to solve it. But yeah, start with the beginning of your story. Yeah. So uh, let me walk uh, back very, very beginning. So I actually was a first generation Im- immigrant to the U.S. So um, welcome. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um uh, so throughout my my co- co- original go- growing up in a ve- uh, developing country, uh, I was uh, uh, I, I grew up in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. we we in in the Asian world we really don't don't take things for granted at all. Especially when I actually had the opportunity to come to the U.S. to go to school here to go to the best school of engineering, petroleum. I, I would say Texas A and M. Yeah, I was gonna say you're an Aggie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Only an Aggie yeah. would say that. Yeah. So. <laughs> So we, was, we, 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 you know, we never take things for granted, and we always work hard. But, uh, but throughout my 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 ten year of, of working in oil and gas, I, I really see that uh, the industry was just giving me so much, and and at some point I, I, I decided to start giving it back on, on, on what I've learned. So, so starting off, I um I started the rotation program with Apache for three years. They they put me through uh, Gulf Coast Reservoir uh, onshore drilling. Uh, production, and then I end up in the uh, corporate reserve uh, group where I worked there around four years, and that is where really the the expertise, the the, the learning uh, part is is happening, and 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 that is when the the bug and the problems started started to de- develop. So after about seven years at Apache, I I, I switched uh, to has to learn reservoir simulation. I, I was I was very uh, ignorant at that time. I was like. Man, I really want to go international, and the only chance that I can go international is to re- learn reservoir simulation. Um, 
because in the US here we are very data and, and analytics driven and if you want to go offshore you want to do uh, on highly te technical complex project you have to learn reservoir simulation and mm -hmm. that's that's why I switched to has to to learn that to learn that 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 secret and and they and they taught me so well over there to to learn simulation but at the same time though that bug is still on me and then when I realized that I can do it that is when I I, I pulled the trigger so at Hess, you know, this is actually a really interesting topic and something that I've seen a lot of people talking about lately is because, you know, if you look at U.S. onshore, it's a lot of data and analytics, you know, especially with shale and it's not so much reservoir simulation. Um, and a lot of people are talking about like you need those those skills, you know, especially if you want to go offshore international. Yes. So it's interesting to hear that you made that. You know, when did you go over to Hess? What year was it? Uh, it was uh, 2014. Okay, 2014. So that was you know right before the uh, oil crash yes, as well. Yes. So that, I, I actually, that was right, an interesting right time. I hit it right at the 100 barrel when I switched. <laughs> it was very <laughs> right fortunate at the, there. Right at the peak, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> so how long were you at Hess You know, before you decided to go out on your own and do USI technology? How long did you spend there and kind of uh, see those problems? Yeah, so, I was, so by the end of 2017, so a little more than three years. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, and you know, I... I actually like these stories a lot. I like when we have startups where, you know, it was an engineer or a geophysicist that saw a problem and it was a problem that they were dealing with day in and day out. And then yes. they decided, hey, I'm going to create the solution to this. So let's talk about, you know, that that point of inception when you decided that, hey, I'm, I think I can solve this problem. I'm going to go out and do it on my own. Let's talk about that that time frame. You know, wh how, what did you do to prepare for that? Well, you know, it's 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 um, it's happened naturally. It's uh, it's a it's a learning process where where I, I start to learn as much as I can in reservoir simulation. I didn't realize that there's such a solution out, out there that being developed in the market, and uh, I, I was working very uh, uh, closely with uh, Slumberger uh, expert in SciHess, and I learned so much from from them teaching me reservoir simulation using Petrel and Eclipse. And and then uh, at that time, the solution is already kind of developed in my head for 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 about for probably then six about six months. And then CMG actually invited me to their training, and and the 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 sparkle just came out <laughs> right right there. I mean, it's like. Oh my God! These things can actually solve the problem that the industry is experiencing right now. So, so um, I, I I said um, I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't know if I mean we have the we have the calculator right. We have the the, the tool that potentially can solve the problem, but I, I really didn't know that if gonna be going to work or not. So I, I really went with my gut. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a shot and and see if if it's if it's going to work and. And that is where we are today. That's awesome. Yes. So, so how did you build the first version of, and I'm presuming it's software, did you build it yourself or did you do partner up with somebody or how'd they go? Yeah, so um, I actually, I, I'm not a developer by my, by my background, so it uh, was pretty uh, tough to kind of um, uh, re recruit some of the early uh, the programmer to help me to kind of build on the, the idea and, and, and the dream, but... Uh, yeah, we, 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 we went to so many iterations, mm -hmm. so so many trial, and uh, finally, up to this point, I, I think we have a, a, a working product. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you get introduced by a client that says that they love your product. I mean, they, <laughs> Thank it, you. it sounds like you have a working product. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about, you know, 
obviously it's a big step, right? To leave your job at Hess as an engineer and step out there and do that. You know, did you bootstrap this product or did you go find investors to help, you know, raise money for it? Was it just you in the early stages or were you able to build a team, you know, talk, you know, how, how did you end up actually executing it? And yeah, so I, I was uh, trying to recruit some of my uh, colleague over there at Hess and and and, and former uh, at Apache, but uh, did they think you were crazy? Yeah, they, they <laughs> think we were crazy. I was like, man, you are living a, a city-digit uh, job, uh, going on your own and kind of do the thing, and 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 the the the, the problem that I that I've seen when I'm trying to recruit the oil and gas uh, professional is is it's is very tough. To, to, to sell on the stop idea because they have a very stable job, a great life. Why why would they they go out and take the risk with you? You'd right? be insane too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that is why um, I, I couldn't find anyone and I was like, okay, I, I'm going to do it on my own. This is the biggest gift that I can give to the industry because they, they've been giving me so much. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody taken the approach that you have by mashing up the physics with generating of the type curves? Um, well, you know, the data analytics size, they are, they are living in, in their very specialized uh, mm-hmm. area. And uh, I, I, I would say once you spend, probably when you, you hit the 10-year mark, you're already so good at that subject. And, and the ability to actually go back and learn everything from scratch, from the simulation world to relate it to the data analytics side is, is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a, a lot of of, of, of beginner minds to, to actually go in and do it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there can do both. It's, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, but in order to understand what is the best in the both world and how you can integrate it, uh, everything together is, mm-hmm. is really some, some, something unique. And we actually have a, a uh, pending pattern on it. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk around type curves here, especially in the last year. You know, if you look at investor relation reports from EMPs, you know, they'll always state that, you know, the reserves are this or this is their type curve and it's always overstated. And do you think that's a result of just being primarily focused, you know, too much on the data and analytics side and not taking in a full scope of both the physics and, you know, everything that, that all the different variables, do you think that's the issue that some of these shell EMPs have dealt with lately? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the data data analytics side, like I said, it's really good at interpolation of the data. If you have three years of production data, uh, you, you, you can actually do a lot of things inside the three year, but if you want to step out into five, 10 year, even 30 year, then uh, data analytics cannot solve that problem. Especially when we introduce well spacing and different complete, uh, completion de- design into the equation, data analytics that simply cannot solve the problem by itself. Yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And obviously I'm not a reservoir engineer, you know, I don't have, <laughs> that is great. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, great to have someone that can really relate it. Yeah, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, I come you know, from field perspective, but just seeing, you know, what's happened with shale and overstated type curves is like, okay, you know, why, why does that happen? And you brought up a great point. It's like, okay, you know, if you have offset production or if you have production data, you know, a three-year data set and you can do a lot of things with that data, but it's actually, you know, projecting out, you know, 10, 20, 30 years where it starts to get difficult. And I think that this is, 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like an obvious answer, but it's not that obvious, right? It's a very complex problem. So to see that you guys are solving it, I think that it will help the industry a lot. Thank you. Thank you, you for that. For you guys, you know, I know that, you know, you have a client, Endeavor. Um, Endeavor is a big player out in the Permian Basin. Um, you know, are you guys focused on shale and American onshore, or is this something that can be applied to offshore and international uses pretty easily? Yeah, so we... Uh, the idea originally actually based for the onshore shale asset, uh, so 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 this this technology and solution can be applied to to all the onshore, but uh, we can also actually take this workflow and integrate a geo model into it in order to expand for op- offshore so- solution. But it is uh, on somewhat on our long term goal. So do you guys? So how far in the process do you guys go? Do you do you go to generating the type curves? And then you allow them to pick that up and do kind of more of the economics, or do you guys include some of the economics in that? That is a great question. Yeah, so we we are actually a hundred percent technical driven company. So we generate the the type curve using mm-hmm. uh, simulations. We store them in the cloud. We allow clients to use their own Spotify to access those type curve and then do do the forecast. Uh, and then they they can check it right off from the Spotify project in into Aries or PSD Win. Do you ever have any intention of taking on the economic model side or do you just always want to be technically driven? Well, you know, I think this this problem is so complex and in a very large scale that I think we're going to be so busy to solving it <laughs> technically yeah. and, and let the, uh, the, the the expert on economics and uh, because I'm not an economic expert. I know yeah. how to run economics in areas, but, uh, yeah. but, but, uh, but that is a very, uh, I mean, uh, competitive and, 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 you know. Uh, very tough space to get yeah in, and the so. tech yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head the technical aspect is hard enough right you yes. need to focus on that and <laughs> put all your attention on that yes. yeah so you know you guys being out in the permian basin i mean this is obviously the hot spot of shale right now you know how have you guys seen adoption of the technology and i mean it's especially here in the last you know six months just with everything related to covid and the pricing war you know EMPs seem to be looking for technological solutions that can help them scale and operate more efficiently. How have things been for you guys the past few months? I mean, have you seen an influx of people looking for technology like yours? Yeah, so so, so that is a great question. So we... um uh, again, we are focusing um, um, mainly on the, the reserve estimation market, and this is uh, somewhat a, a brand new market. And every ENP company need to do their year reserve one. I mean, to to the SEC and um, and to get the accuracy and 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 the speed that they need uh, is very important for every company. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the the issues with an analytics again is. When me uh, as a uh, reserve as estimation uh, and engineer um, trying to book reserve for this quarter or, or the year end, I, I, I need to book the reserve right now. I, I cannot wait for three months or six months for that production to happen. Or even then, when you have six months of production, you still cannot uh, project an accurate type curve for 30 years. So our technology allow them to access a very really accurate um, reserve estimation with a full field simulation model backed for, for their number. And it is a very powerful tool for reserve doc- documentation. 
at 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 year end, and we actually have um, clients that successfully uh, apply our uh, technology for their year end reserve booking last year, and they actually found a lot of valuable in inside for the Permian Basin, and they are working on those issues right now in order to in, increase their pro- their production. So, so if, if I understand it correctly, with, with the way that you just explained that, the biggest difference between the analytics side and the reservoir simulation side is that the analytics side requires uh, some sort of production to actually forecast those values, whereas the simulation, you can go from before day one. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And then it's in, you're saying it's extremely accurate that way as well. Absolutely. Yes. And you always, with simulation, you always can do a post-drill analysis too, because with, with analytics, you only can do so much with, with the data that you have, but even after you drill the well, how how much uh, it's uh, how much production is gonna forecast or being produced in the next thirty year the analytics still cannot tell well, you. Yeah, because so, the problem is you know your your initial production is so high, right? Yeah. That you you fall off in mm-hmm. you know first year, year and a half, that it's gonna be hard to get an accurate pr- prediction from an analytics perspective for the next twenty thirty years. So I could see that one hundred percent. Absolutely. So, so that is why um, the, the the technology is it very much needed at, at um, even at, at at a very tough environment right now where we are on on a, on a crisis. We already kind of uh, lack. I mean, losing the, the investor confidence before the crisis, and now we're really trying to get back their 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 confidence uh, for our industry as as a whole. Absolutely. So. I mean, the public markets hate. Oil yes. and gas right now, right? I mean, yes. they've just absolutely been trashed. But, you know, I think you brought up a, an interesting talking point that a lot of people may not know, but reserve reports have to be reported to the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's critical that these are accurate. And up to this point, they haven't been. And, you know, coming from my perspective, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a scientist, but how do you backtest a technology like this? You know, you, you say, hey, look, USI technology, we can accurately, accurately predict type curves, you know, for the next 20, 30 years. But how do you backtest that? How do you know that that's correct until you get 20 or 30 years down the road and you're like, oh, yeah, we were right or we were wrong. How do you actually know that it's accurate? Yeah, you know, so we, we, got, well, we got this question a lot. Uh, we Time are, machine. <laughs> well, we, well, we, 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 you know, um, we are not the uh, one that invented reservoir simulation. It's been around the industry for more than 30 years. We mm-hmm. use it for offshore. We use it for so many things. And, 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 uh, and the proven part is really up to our partner uh, at CMG. They are a very uh, long-term partner with us, and, and we work uh, with them very closely now. Uh, but to answer your question, for the unconventional, we actually did so many blind tests now uh, with our client case study that we can actually put in a primary or parent well and do a, a, a uh, infill or, or, or children well forecast and then see if that type curve actually lie on the, the actual production. And we have done that so many, so many times now with our clients. That's, that's why our clients are very confident on, on our product. That's very cool. Yeah. So for you guys, um, you know, how, how big is the team right now? I mean, you know, you started out, it was you, you had a hard time convincing anyone to come work with you, you know, yes. it's like, you're crazy. And <laughs> you brought up, a, I, I think that we've talked about this several times on the podcast, but both Jake and I know um, that it's hard to recruit talent in oil and gas because, Absolutely. I mean, why, why would you leave your six-figure job with benefits and, you know, job stability? Why would you leave that? 
um, to do a startup. So, you know, where are you guys at now in the process? Is it still you just running and gunning, running everything? Or have um, you been able to convince someone to come work with you? <laughs> not quite, not, not quite. So uh, what I Im- imagine, so uh, I mean, when I started, uh, where I would be in six months, it actually took me almost three years to get here, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we 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 having a, a a growing team now. We have five reservoir engineer in in the team, uh, and um, one honor that we have right now is we have Dr. John Lee, the the former uh, SEC uh, engineering fellow. Oh wow! Uh, um, the the engineering um, reserve estimation expert, well known in the industry yeah. in our board, and he working uh, with us almost every day now to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's, cool. it's, 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 a, it's a true honor to have him on on board. And um, we have yeah, we have five reservoir engineer, and we have about uh, three developer that still going our our product. So. Very cool. So y'all's awesome. y'all's business model is it? You know, is this a software that you can sell? You know, to Endeavor and Endeavor's engineers can use independently, or do they need any support from USI? You know, like as a service-based business where they need um, your help, you know, generating the models or any interpretation or anything like that, or is it just kind of a SaaS-based business where you say, "Hey, yeah, you can buy access to our software and you don't need us; you can use it independently." Yeah, so we uh, we're not quite to the SaaS model yet. We we are still um, having the automation workflow uh, still in in place. To Mm-hmm. to be built and developed so right now i i would say 70 percent uh is the automation part and 30 percent is still the, the service part and 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 we still have to make sure that our, our client can use uh, our, our product and and find a solution out of it and make them happy on a weekly basis because i i already made a lot of mistake in in, in the past of just hand hand uh, handling them the software and kind of let them run on their own and and it, it, it wasn't successful. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit because yeah. obviously, you know, you have this client, they're like, hey, you need to get, you know, USI technology on the podcast. So you're doing something right. You're making them happy. You know, they're really yes. impressed with you. You know, let's talk about what does it take? You know, if you have some other startup technology founders that are out here listening to you, you know, what are some things that you've done to make sure that your clients speak about you that way that they're completely happy? And, you know, I think you just made a point right there. It's like, you know, we don't just hand off a piece of software to them. You already made those mistakes. Talk about some of the mistakes that you made in the early stages and what you believe you've done right that make your clients speak so highly of you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was very ignorant when I started, just an engineer, reservoir engineer, trying to, <laughs> to, to blow up everything. I mean, it was a fantasy world there, right? I mean, uh, I have to handle so much. One is is the, the, the simulation side. I have to make sure that this technology works. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is I have to build a product around that solution. And the third thing is to learn how to sell. And, and that is the biggest uh, uh, challenge for any an- entrepreneur, I, I, I think, uh, in the early stage is um, I, I was watching a lot of, of um, successful people trying to, uh, I mean, learn from them on how they created a successful company. But I, I didn't know that sales is so important in the early startup state. And, and, I, and I have to go through a lot of mistakes in order to realize that. So if I were... Uh, ever going to be successful i'm, I'm gonna try to to get this message out to the the early startup state is you if you want a successful company you have to learn how to sell first yeah it, it doesn't matter if your your product is working not working or your your team love you or not if you cannot sell 
you you are done. That's such a good message because we yeah. have you know we have a lot of smart people come through and they're engineers mm-hmm. and they're very engineer minded, right? And yeah. extremely intelligent. They understand the problem. They've developed the solution, but they don't have those soft skills. You know those commercial skills to be able to go out and sell the product. And so it's such a underestimated um, part of what can't, you need. The, the, the can't sell no revenue, no cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> <Nothing> exists. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm. I'm going to hop to another sales class after this talk. So yeah, I mean, I'm learning every day. I'm trying to get better and better every day. So that's sales. awesome. I yeah. love to hear that, you know, like you're actually taking classes and I mean, you just have so much resources at your fingertips today that, you know, you don't have to be a natural salesperson. You can get on YouTube, get on the internet, find courses to take. And I think it's just, it's a huge component. And, you know, maybe you're a Mm co-founder and you are the engineer, you're the technical person and you find a co-founder that has more of the, you know, that business uh, component. And we see that all the time at works, but yeah, you know, sometimes we get engineers in here and I mean, they're great people, but it's just, you can tell that they don't have those soft skills developed and it's always the hardest, the hardest part. It's like, man, you're a genius. You're, you're smart. You understand this now you just need to figure out how to get someone to write you a check and actually buy your product yeah it's, it's a completely different thing and and uh yeah you 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 just learn it by doing it i mean yeah. that's the only way that, that that you can learn and you have to make mistake on it i mean uh for some of the first sale uh presentation that i i made to the senior secretary was so freaked out. i was so nervous <laughs> things like that like you know the the, the concept of transitioning from an engineer always reporting to your boss your manager your vp your ceo i mean uh it's actually completely has to change when you start a company because you are have to talk to the ceo as your peer now you 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 cannot have that that kind of imagination of 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 they are high higher level from you that that concept it actually took me a while to realize and 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 change it by practice yeah yeah, that's something, you know, when you're at a big corporation, you have that corporate structure, you yeah. have that hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And when you come over here to the startup world, it's like you're you're talking to those people and you're mm-hmm. sitting across the table from them as peers, right? So I could see that being an issue. I think that's actually probably like one of, I've never worked, you know, for a big corporation. So that's probably like ignorance is bliss. It's just like, you know, I talk to anyone because I'm like, yeah. I don't have that corporate hierarchy or structure. It's like, I'll talk to anyone I want to talk to. <laughs> So what are, you know, what are some of the things that you're planning on doing over the next year? You know, what is, what is your roadmap look like over the next six months to a year um, as you guys expand and grow? You know, are you looking to add new features to the technology, you know, get to that point to where it can be automated into a SaaS product? What's on the timeline for you? Yeah, so right now we are still in the early phase of marketing. We already found a solution for the market and, and we try to take it very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Because I, we want to maintain a really good reputation, like the one you you hear yeah. from Endeavor. Yeah. We want to 100% focus on our client success first, um, and then slowly market our, our product and gen- of course generate revenue for us to be sustained in, in this uh, sustainable in this environment. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 go- going to be a very long uh, growth for us. But uh, yeah, in the next six months, probably still uh, take it slowly, uh, doing the, the the marketing campaign. Uh, getting the, the the product and the training out uh, to to the market, um, and uh, we we will see where we go from there. Yeah, I really like that. You know, grow growing slow, right? Yeah. There, 
That they seems can, to be like that seems to be like a taboo thing. Like, oh, why are you, you going to grow slow? Yeah, it kind of goes against the mantra of Silicon Valley. Yeah, everybody's just like fast, grow, right? grow, 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 grow. <laughs> but you've seen what's happened with a lot of companies, especially. I mean, should we should we name drop WeWork? I mean, growing too fast. A lot of other big tech companies growing way, way, way too fast. Well, then especially we have, in enterprise software like this mm-hmm. in oil and gas, where you need to make sure that your product works and you have all the the kinks and bugs fixed before Absolutely. you really scale it. Right. Because whereas so, that recommendation for you on the podcast was powerful. Powerful, having somebody talk bad about your product is even 10 times worse yeah. than that, you know? And so, yes, absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with clients, if you let them down, yeah, so, it's you know, very, finding, very hard to come Finding a few that. clients, making sure that the product works, that, um, you know, you're kind of working out through, um, you know, all the different scenarios. And, you know, I hope uh, you don't get too many clients from this podcast. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, part of the, the, the sales that I learned is you have to disqualify clients be, before you Absolutely. actually onboarding them. Because smart, if, yep. if it's not a fit for you, then I already met some mistake there. If it's not a fit for you, then, then, then you have to move on. Really? Absolutely. Great yeah. point. Yeah. So, you know, how did you guys, how did you go about getting uh, the client, the clients that you do have now, you know, like the endeavors, how did you actually go out and do that? Was it just from knowing people in the industry? Did you, you know, start knocking on doors and you found those mistakes of, you know, not disqualifying um, partners? How did you go about it? Well, you know, um, it's actually uh, what's the biggest effort. Uh, I mean, finding the first client is always tough, right? The toughest part is to find the first client that bought into your idea even when you don't have anything when yeah. you product it's just like it's like just a, a few buttons here and there it, it's, <laughs> it's not functioning at all so um yeah so the, the the current client base that we have right now it's actually throughout um, a variety of, of approaches uh, one to email one to introduction one uh, to cold call one through um, um, industry event where i go out and uh, i present it so I, I, I would say it, it's come from all different sources and we want to utilize all of those. And we'll get you on the bullpen soon too. So yeah, <laughs> you guys have checked out well. the bullpen. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Get, we'll get uh, Duke and USI Tech on the bullpen so you guys can go check out a full demo of the product <laughs> and let us know what you think. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the whole thing's fascinating. Just, you know, seeing that you saw the problem, uh, you developed a solution you know, you're just kind of going about it. Like you didn't need to go do a big capital raise. You're just like, look, I'm going to, I'm just going to build it and go get some clients. I'm going to learn sales and I'm going to do everything. And I think that you're also the timing of the market, you know, people don't understand this, but timing of the market is so important as well. And I think that the timing's right for you too, just because there are a lot of, you know, there's no capital in the space, um, you know, through, either the public markets or LPs and the private equity funds are like, Hey, you guys have, you know, just screwed us and haven't made us any money. You know, we're not wanting to allocate any capital to it. Um, but I think that this industry needs, um, a lot more transparency and, uh, the investors need a lot more faith and trust and like, Hey, the type curves are correct. You know, your reserve estimations are correct. You have the amount of oil and gas that you said that you're going to have. And, um, you know, I, I think that stuff like this is really needed for the industry to move forward over the next decade. Yeah, I think the banks should start using this instead of, uh, some of the yeah, the banks, yeah the, the, <laughs> I see the banks, you know, it would be a huge client of, of y'all. So that, uh, yeah, you I know, appreciate that. You know, you, some people like to think that the banks have no exposure because RBLs are backed by an asset, but we're starting to see that, you know, that's not, not the case. You know, if it's backed by an asset, that, that's great. But what if the asset wasn't estimated properly to Absolutely. begin with? So yes. you need to make sure from the point of inception, it's like, no, we have a pretty accurate assessment of what the 
the what the reserve actually holds. Because I mean, it's not common to see the reserves overestimated by twice as much, and then you're 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 taking out leverage on that. Then they come into production way yes. under, and then that production can't even service the debt that you levered up on. Yeah, absolutely. And then you just yeah. have to keep drilling. Yeah, it's just it's just like just it never a, ends. It's a vicious cycle. It always ends in chapter eleven. Yeah, one way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very common problem right now where where we actually go in there and we book reserve based on the parent well. And we take, didn't take any well interference in, into account when we drill the child well. So that, yeah. that is really the, 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 the key point that, uh, that we have to, to really yeah. solve. So, Duke, if uh, anyone wants to reach out to you, if, you know, if they're listening to this podcast and they're interested in the technology, where can they find you? Do you have a website or yes, you on LinkedIn? Yes, we, we, we do have a website. Our website is www.techusi.com. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, please uh, go there and check us out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that you'll get quite a few inquiries from this. So, you know, hopefully they're qualified uh, <laughs> partners and I think that they'll uh, really enjoy what, what you've put together because like I said, first podcast ever, it's like, hey, you got to, you know, I'm surprised that Duke didn't reach out to us. Like, hey, I want to come on your podcast. I've never had it where an EMP is like, no, this, this shit's so good that you need to get them on your podcast. <laughs> so, anyways, Duke, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank, man. thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's my honor to be here. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can reconnect again soon. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah I'm really excited about it. And there's one thing I'll say. I'll never bet against immigrants, man. Immigrants are the hardest, <laughs> yeah. the hardest working people in the world. And, and so, uh, so glad to meet you and so glad to have you here. So thank you, if you guys uh, enjoyed this. Um, we're, what's today's date? Uh, July 21st. Okay. Today's July 21st. We're going to try to get uh, Duke back in to do the bullpen. Hopefully sometime in the next few weeks. And so check him out on his website, check him out on the bullpen. Yeah, I think we have soon. a few podcast episodes on the backlog. So by the time this episode actually oh, goes yeah. out, yeah, he may be, be on, he may be on the bullpen. He'll, he'll totally be on the bullpen by then. So <laughs> go check it out uh, for this episode to your friends, your family, all of your colleagues, just blast it to the whole company and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Come, 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 come.